Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rogue Planet Podcast. I am Jason McClellan, and let's see, who else do we have here today? I think we have Maureen Ellsbury here, and uh, maybe Caleb Hanks? I am in the flesh. I am in the buff. You. I don't want to think about your flesh. I am in the nude. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> what's going on, guys? It's been a while, so uh, what's new, Maureen? Uh, not a lot's new with me. I'm just, uh, hanging out and working on some projects and, uh, about to head to Vegas to do some really stupid shit this weekend. Sweet. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm gonna, um, this is kind of shameful, but my girlfriend's from Seattle I'm meeting up with and we're going to go see Chris Angel, uh, my, the mind freak himself. <laughs> uh, why? Well, and the only reason why is because we were trying to find the funniest, most ridiculous things we thought we could do. So not only are we going to see Chris Angel Friday night, then Saturday we're going to the jousting tournament of Kings uh, event at the Excalibur. Don't ask. I don't know. Honestly, honestly, you are terrifyingly succeeding in your quest. Yeah. So more power to you. <laughs> I don't know. More than the, the joust at the, the castle there, I think Thunder from Down Under there would be well, more amusing. That's what they say on the Tournament of the Kings yeah. uh, website. It says, then at night, our knights take their armor off. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could push that one because that would be hilarious. Oh, but... I love Excalibur. Oh. That's awesome. That's Amazing. awesome. Yeah. I really want to go to Vegas again. It's been uh, entirely too long since I've been there, and I, I hate to rub it in your face, Caleb. When I say that, that means it's been a matter of months. Like um, a month? Yeah, probably a month. But uh, no, I, I think it's been longer than that now. But uh, I really want to figure out a way to get out there in, in August because, Caleb, you'll appreciate this. Um, the Offspring is playing there, and they're playing with Bad Religion and Pennywise, so... Oh, kind okay. of a gigantic punk show. They're a little playing blast. at, uh, a little at uh, I think they're playing at the Hard Rock Hotel, not the Hard Rock Cafe, Hard Rock Hotel. Um, so I've never seen a show there. I'd really like to do it, but it's like midweek and it's late August. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off, but I'm certainly going to try. Yeah, this this will be my first time going to shows and not just um, hoarding over the Lord of the Rings slot machine, though I You'll will fit that make in, I'm sure, sure there is ample time for that yeah i bet that's awesome i'll tell you what have, what? have you seen have you seen the uh lord of the rings slot machine like what does it do oh it's uh, so magic we spent so much time on that thing <laughs> maureen's won hundreds of bucks on it and then i've lost hundreds of bucks on yeah, it as that's well true but um it's it's just really magical they have they it's in a, a you sit down in a seat and it's got really loud sound and the chair vibrates and there and, are two different ones yeah there's there's the evil golem ringside and then there's uh Schmeagle and the fellowship of the ring one 
So uh, basically, you know, normal They're slots. Both based on Gollum. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it's it's like. He's the main character of the slot. No, they, no, they, no, they have all like, on there. yeah, they they have tons of of the characters on each, like maybe six characters on each. Yeah, but yeah, like she was saying, it's like like a normal slot machine. You play it and you get stuff, and the real thing you want to do is get three rings to get a bonus round. And the bonus rounds are amazing. Yeah, so you, you get the bonus round, and it goes around and and randomly selects a character for you, and that character has a a different bonus round. And then it's like a video thing, and so it know. makes it's, it very easy to spend your money. It's yeah. just very magical. Yeah, that reminds me of when we were out west, when uh, me and our other uh, rogue planet friend Ryan Sprague, I had I had this feeling that there was just a slot machine somewhere there in the casino where you guys were doing the UFO Congress that was going to, it was going to cosmically be aligned with me, and I just said, Ryan, come with me. We got. I, I just. I can feel it. There's a. There's a slot machine that that is like the me version of a slot machine. And I went, and I found this Michael Jackson slot machine in the corner. And I put in just a little bit of money and pressed a few buttons, and all of a sudden it just started. Michael Jackson just started doing all these flying kicks and all this crazy stuff, and the money just kept going up and kept going up. And I won like thirty bucks, and I was like, "All right, we're cashing out and going to get some beers." That's exactly what happened to me at this year's Congress. Uh, we, J- Jason and I, went down for like a 10 minute escape break because obviously we're running around like crazy people. And I was on my last penny of, of like a dollar or last 35 cents. Cause that's what most of those are on the Spider-Man uh, slot machine. And I instantly win 30 bucks off the, the last 35 cents. I think our buddy Aaron Sagers was with us when we played the Spider-Man, wasn't he? The or second was that a different time. time. Okay. We brought him back the second time. Yeah. Cool. Good old slots. Yes. Well, let's uh, stop talking about Vegas because I'm <laughs> I'm incredibly jealous but happy for you, Maureen. So we'll hear about your exploits when you get back for sure. What's new with you, Caleb? Um. Well, I have significantly upgraded um, my technological systems in, as far as what I will be able to do do audio production wise and um, video and all kinds of things. I just recently had my Hackintosh just completely shit the bed and die on me. And I was very bummed, but I kind of, it was coming. Um, you had time to prepare I, to, to get yourself ready for, for the blow. Not really. I just kind of knew it was coming and then never did anything. And so when it happened, I was like, Oh boy, now what do I do? But, um, I was able to apply for one of the Mac credit cards and I was able to finance a very uh, a very powerful Mac Mini, which has already arrived. I've been basically installing all of my audio stuff on it for the past like three days. But um, it is for all you tech heads out there. Yes, I'm listening. Uh, it is a quad core i7 processor with eight gigabytes of DDR3 RAM and a solid state 256 gig hard drive so it is very very speedy i love solid state so much i can't wait till it's not so expensive but uh yeah that's what i, I mean, what i have in my laptop right now is 256 of they're SSD. really not that bad i mean you can get like a crucial m4 solid state drive it's like 125 bucks for like 125 gigs mm. so it's really not that bad i mean that's what i put in my laptop because um, i had like a 2009 macbook and i just took the hard drive out of my hackintosh and threw it in the macbook the only thing that i can't figure out how to get to work is the audio but if i plug it into my 
US 144 uh, USB interface, it seems to work because that's what I'm doing right now because I also ordered a Motu MicroBook interface for my audio production and a Shure SM7B microphone, which I am using for the first time on our podcast right now. So the, the, the conundrum of all of these technological uh, instances coming together shall make for some very fun things in the future. I bet. It'll make it just a lot easier for me because, dude, like, on my Hackintosh, I was only running, like, two gigs of RAM, and now I've got eight gigs. So I'm very excited. It's a big difference. And, uh, yeah, you picked a sweet microphone. Uh, those are pretty awesome, and I want one myself. Um, as far as your, your Motu uh, interface, that's pretty sweet. My... my uh, portable interface that I have is is similar to that. I forget which one I actually have, but uh, I like yours better because you actually have um, two XLR inputs on that one, don't you? Um, I think there's two quarter inch and just one XLR, but the thing about it is is I never use more than one XLR at a time, okay. so I don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I, I like uh, a second one in case I, you know, I'm doing something on the road and doing like interview or something. Yeah. And I don't feel like bringing a a mixer with me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's awesome, man. Congrats on uh, on the upgrade. Yeah, it's been it's been a fruitful year for the for the Nitro Grass Band. So I was able to drop a little bit and make some investments because I'm going to be using this stuff forever. And uh, and I'm just glad I was able to apply for that Mac card because with being able to stretch the payments out, I was able to get a little bit better computer than I would have initially. So I'm super amped. That's excellent. Yeah, you talked about getting the Mac Mini, and you know you've got the mouse and keyboard and and monitor already, so it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, what have you guys been up to? Oh, same old, same old. Yeah, uh, not uh, not too much new. We've got uh, some stuff coming up. We're Maureen and I are actually going to be making our way to the glorious Roswell, New Mexico, uh, next month for the Roswell UFO Festival. Oh, cool! It's uh, it's something I swore I would never on ever on my life do again. <laughs> I I made that same swear on a different year. It was just last year that I swore I would never go back, but I'm going back. I lasted at it, least you know four years because the last time I went was in 2010. Can you elaborate your disparities? Well, the problem, see, is Roswell is not an easy place to get to. You can't just get on an airplane and fly into Roswell, New Mexico. I mean, technically you can, but it'd be very expensive and have to work with private pilots and whatnot. But uh, you can't fly into Albuquerque, Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. and then it's a two-hour drive? No, it's more than that. More than that? So that's, I think I remember it being like four. three or four hours. Yeah. So it's not exactly easy to get to. There's a lot of car time involved, no matter and how you, you do it. Car. So what we do is, you know, we're in a car from Phoenix there, and I think it's like eight hours or something. Eight or nine hours, yeah. It's it's pretty awful i mean i i don't like spending a long time in a car um i do it if there's a reward at the end if i'm going some happy place like san diego or something and from us here in uh, in phoenix that's that's like six six hours away six and a half hours um but roswell's not a happy place yeah roswell's not too happy there's not a lot going on there but uh the payoff is that you know, their their UFO festival, and annual festival is happening there, and some of our buddies will be there, like Mr. Aaron Sagers, so we'll be hanging out with him there and, and doing some fun stuff. So we'll take a, a Rogue Planet road trip and uh, hopefully have some 
interesting content for the podcast and for RoguePlanet.tv. You guys are always talking about Aaron. I'd really like to meet him. You certainly will one of these days. And while we're talking about Aaron, I do want to point out that if you haven't seen it, um, Aaron did write a pretty cool list of summer cons that are are taking place. Um, And this is something he wrote for the Travel Channel. So it's on TravelChannel.com. Calls it the the Long Comic Conventions of Summer and lists out some of his top picks for, for conventions happening this summer. And one of those on the list happens to be the Roswell UFO Festival. Hmm. Hey. I'd like to go to some of the others, but I don't think that's happening. Too busy. Yep, yep. Well, let's talk some news, guys. There's been quite a bit of geekery going on lately. Um, I want to start off talking uh, a little Star Trek here. Um because I, I got a little excited about this. So there was there was a rumor that uh, emerged that there was going to be a new Star Trek uh, series coming out. And the rumor basically said that uh, the Star Trek writer at the Phoenix Comic Con had made claims that Netflix was in talks with CBS about doing a new series. And... This made everybody freak out and get excited. Well, this uh, particular Star Trek writer, Larry Nemec is his name, I think, um, he saw all this going around, and he decided to clear the air, and he said, that's not what I said. What I actually said was that Netflix might be interested in doing something like that, but they're not actually in talks. So that kind of deflated a lot of people's hopes and dreams. Oh, the rumor mill's always a letdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, a, a quick uh, quick build-up and letdown all in one day. Gotta love that. Yep. And then, uh, since we're talking about Star Trek, you may have seen floating around the internet some uh, concept art showing an actual Enterprise starship. <laughs> uh, we've talked about some of this stuff before, and, and uh, Maureen and I have talked about it a lot in our alien UFO world, but uh, there's been... Are you talking about that new, that new uh, NASA spaceship design? Yes. It's actually not technically a NASA design, but yes, it is affiliated with the NASA study and development of a real-life warp drive. Now, this has been going on for quite a while, and it's based on the Miguel Alcubierre warp drive, and this is something that Dr. Harold White at NASA has been working on. They've been perfecting on Alcubierre's uh, warp design, fudging the math a little bit to make it to where they think it will actually work. So they are currently working on a real-life warp drive, and uh, Dr. White teamed up with this uh, artist to revise some of the artwork and create a more... uh, more fitting uh, design for what they think this spaceship would actually look like. And it's uh, pretty obviously they use the Enterprise from Star Trek as the inspiration. I mean, you've got your saucer section there, and it looks like you've got your warp nacelles. I don't know. It, it's pretty darn cool. What's, yeah, I like the design. I think it's really cool. But what's funny is like a lot of the, the places online were like, no, it's not from Star Wars. This is a NASA thing. And it's like, wait, come on. That's that's like the Enterprise spit out of yeah. Star Trek. Oh, it's it's fun 
reading sites when they try to get into this either geek or tech stuff and they with their headlines or comments they make like that it's kind of embarrassing for them but it's like close but no cigar yep i understand though i'll give them some leeway but this is really cool stuff and and i uh wrote an article for um geek magazine that should be published on the website soon about this uh newly released art as well as you know the uh kind of obligatory uh article about Star Wars techno- or Star Trek technology that you have to write every few months because new stuff comes out all the time that uh, does make you think, hey, I saw this in Star Trek. So a lot of that going on, you know, that's been... You, you see tech sites posting that type of article all the time, and it really started when we, you know, with the flood of, of iPhone and iPad... All that stuff gets uh, referred to as Star Trek-like technology all the time with the iPhone. Apple just had the uh, held their worldwide developer conference, and uh, they announced that with iOS 8 that will be coming out in the near future, one of their focuses is on health, and that's something that the iPhone has very often been referred to as is you know the the real world version of a medical tricorder and with iOS 8 the Apple seems to be really pushing the health medical aspect and there are all sorts of apparatuses that you can uh, attach to the iPhone for blood pressure and and uh, all sorts of medical uses and uh, they're really trying to push that aspect of it but aside from that scientists are like we mentioned, working on a warp drive. They're actually working on tractor beams. They're working on transporters. They're working on deflector shields. All this crazy stuff from Star Trek. And you could argue that Oculus Rift you know, is bringing uh, the holodeck into your living room. So all, all the Star Trek technology is rapidly becoming reality. So we are very soon going to be living in a Star Trek universe. And I'm excited about that. I bet them tractor beams are going to be full of GMOs. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Big old tractors. Yeah. Um, well, since we always friggin' talk about Star Wars, why don't we do some Star Wars news? Okay, I like that. Um, so, as I had previously fangirled about on a on a recent episode, there's a little bit of uh, it's it's rumor mill, but still a little bit of stir talk about. A Boba Fett solo movie. <laughs> and uh, apparently Lawrence Kasdan, yep. who, uh, who he was uh, he was previously a, a Star Wars writer, I believe. Empire uh, Strikes Back, dude. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, apparently he is in in talks for for doing that. But I mean, I, I'm I'm super into that. Yeah, that's the latest news, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And just to clarify, when you said uh, Boba Fett solo movie, you're not talking about Boba Fett and Han Solo, but a Boba Fett standalone standalone. movie. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the bummer, because it's like, if Boba Fett and... Well, I guess Boba Fett and Han kind of knew each other, right? Seems like it, yeah. Seems like they have some history. Wouldn't that be great to see a young Boba Fett and a young Han Solo just, you know, on each other's, like, trail trying to... Kick each other's ass. Yes and no. Um, and here's here's my problem. Because as it sits now with all of the compilation of rumors, the order of the Star Wars movies as it sits now, again, rumor, is we're going to have Episode 7, then Boba Fett movie, then Episode 8, 
than Han Solo movie. And my problem with that is the same problem I would have with a, a Boba Fett solo movie here, and that is that I'm really going to have a very difficult time with anybody else in the role of Han Solo well, than Harrison Ford. And, yeah. and this, this is a huge problem, and I think it's just mainly Harrison Ford's characters. They're so iconic, and he's been doing them for so long. It's the same thing like I basically had a heart attack when the rumor mill suggested that Robert Pattinson was going to become the next Indiana yeah. Jones, and I lost my shit. Yeah. I know that's oh, yeah. a rumor, but still, it's just like even blasphemy to suggest that anyone else that could be in the role. I know Bradley rumor. Cooper's supposedly in the running too, but I'm sorry, he is still alive and kicking. I don't care if he's old. <laughs> I don't you care know, if you're trying to create a younger character. You can't do it. The, the only person that ever did a young indie well was River Phoenix. Right. That's right. That's the only person that could ever do it. And if he was alive and and still looking pretty good, I would love to see that. That I would approve of. But that's it. They could yeah. have Joaquin Phoenix do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's Old just <laughs> that's, Oh, God. Laughable. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, um, and there's a little bit of video game news, but Jason, I believe that you had posted the story a little bit earlier. Um, I'm not a huge gamer, but a game I was a huge fan of Star Wars Battlefront, and there was a there was a big project to do Star Wars Battlefront three, and it um, basically something happened where like there was some leaks and people were pissed off about that, and then all kinds of weird different stuff happened, and the game just never came to be. But um, I can't remember the name of the company, but they are they have released some early early footage of the new Star Wars Bat- Battlefront game that is in early production, and it looks amazing so this is actually done by electronic arts ea and it's by their swedish developer dice so this looks epic i you know have not played a lot of the recent star wars games but watching the the early trailers for this it's like star wars to the max i mean you can ride speeders and indoor and even on Hoth, I think, too. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just the amount of work that they put into gathering the detail. I mean, they literally went to, like, the LucasArts archive yeah. and they, like, captured everything from the movie digitally. And, I mean, some of the up-close um, digital imagery of, like, the Stormtrooper helmets are just, I mean, they're pristine, man. They look real. Yeah, I am. I'm really excited for that. Um, I actually want to go to... E3 next year. It would be fun. Yeah, and uh, we've Where's actually that in San Diego. We've been invited by a friend, but uh, one of our friends has a uh, uh, barcade that's opening in Texas. No, in Denver. Yeah, in Denver. Yeah, Denver. Wait, what, is E3 in Denver? No, no. Where is that? It is in. Where the hell is it? What? Denver? I thought it was oh, E3? I think it's... It's not San Diego. I, it's, um... Shh, Nikes, I forgot. Um, Let me ask the internet. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're terrible, terrible geeks for not knowing this, but... Uh, 
Well, but but E3 I think it's Los is, Angeles. Yeah, it's yeah. It is. They've been announcing so many cool things, and and so all those it's like Star Wars games. I wish I could play those better. I'm gonna have to sit down and practice. But these new like really high graphic games, I'm terrible at. Mm-hmm. So my favorite game news that's come out of E3 was oh poor little Nintendo is trying to get back in the market. So they have gotten into. Something that's they kind of denied early on in 2011. Uh, this company Skylanders launched this game where you had little plastic toys that basically act as wireless memory cards, and you put them on a portal and they shoot into the game, and you interact with these little characters. Well, so now Nintendo's creating them and they're calling them amiibos, and uh, of course all the iconic characters Mario and all these, and so they're going to interact with a lot of the different games across their um, the Wii system, and you'll be able to collect all these little guys, carry them around with you, and I'm pretty sure if you were at somebody else's house, you could bring your little guy and pop him on, and shoo, he'd go up on the screen, and uh, you can interact and capture all this shit. So Nintendo denied getting into business with Skylanders back in the day, and now they're a $2 billion industry or something crazy, so now they want a piece of the the toy action and they're hoping that this sort of surges them back into the marketplace which and and it just might i mean they got pretty beat up earlier this year um but the buzz about nintendo at e3 has been gigantic so i'm excited for them and and you know they really need to embrace just being themselves they are not playstation Mm -mm. They are not Xbox. You know, these are different markets they're, they're appealing to, and they should celebrate that. I mean, they've got a good thing going, and uh, I don't know. I, I love Nintendo games. Um, well, well, this actually leads me into another thing that I was going to bring up. Have you guys seen the trailer for Yoshi's Woolly World? <laughs> no. I have not yet. I know it sounds... It, it's a pretty ridiculous game, but it's obviously kind of going towards the younger audience, but it... I think it's really honestly kind of innovative because if if you look up the trailer for Yoshi's Woolly World, everything is made out of yarn in the game. So it looks like Yoshi is like a little crocheted creature and all the little uh, all the other little creatures are made out of yarn and he's shooting little yarn balls. And it's a really, really unique, cool looking game that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, pointed towards the younger audience. And I, I think kind of embracing the the opposite end of the spectrum uh, as you have like your call of duties that are super intense and they're super violent and stuff like that i think it's kind of cool that they're reaching out to a younger kind of crowd and also embracing a different kind of artistic interpretation of what a traditional video game is supposed to be i would think that that was more reaching out towards like granny crowd (laughs) could be granny crowd but i thought you were going to say embracing making uh making video games while you're high on something dude i bet this is great for potheads yeah, well, but but also like the only thing I think of with something like this is the poor parents. Now it's like you know when you had to have all the pogs or you had to have all this. Well, now it's like you're gonna have to buy hundreds of these little characters because your kids always want more and more and more. And uh, good well, luck. we've good luck ranted about wallet. this before. I I'm a tech head. I love technology, but technology advances way too fast mm-hmm. now. I mean. You know, new gaming platforms are coming out almost every year. There isn't a, it, it, there's no time for game developers to, you know, get their games and perfect them on a certain platform. 
no time for consumers to buy all the games and stock up for a particular platform. You know, the new platforms are coming out all the time, and we're seeing this more now where the platforms aren't supporting the previous system's games. And I think that's BS. I really do. And that's another thing, too, that's kind of a bummer because, like, when I see games like this new Star Wars coming out, it's like my biggest fear is that it's going to be so awesome that I'm literally going to drop drop 500 bucks on like an Xbox one or a place or one of the new playstations. And it's like, I know that it, exactly what happened with my Xbox 360 is what would happen with that. I'd play the game for a couple of months and then I'd just let it sit and collect dust. And then I'd be out 500 bucks and try to sell it for like half the price later on. And then a new platform comes out and a new game. Yeah, like, and... like a few years later. Yep. Well, that's how I inherit all my Nintendo game systems. So my brother buys the newest and latest and greatest. So then five years later, he's like, oh, this has been in the closet for like 10 years. Do you want it? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. When you're like 45, you're going to have an Xbox One and you're not even going to care. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go pick up my Wii soon. <laughs> I would love to have a Wii. They always look fun, but I never, I never decided to just buy one. Well, I love my Wii, but I don't think the new games play on my Wii because they have whatever the current Wii system is. It's like Wii U. Wii U. That's what these amiibo the bees. Yeah. So, you know, I'm out of luck. Well, because we're doing a podcast, I want to do some podcast news here, and I think we're all fans of the X Files. Um, I read, I think, last week that uh, there's an X-Files podcast, and I'm sure this has been done many times over because it seems like the perfect thing to do in a podcast. But this guy's going through each uh, episode of the X-Files and, and doing that uh, in an episode. Each episode of the podcast talks about an episode of the X-Files. He and a, uh, a guest kind of explore the X-Files going through. I've listened to the first episode where they kind of do... I think they talk about the the first episode of the X-Files, but they kind of do an overview of the series too. Um, And I will say that for non-X-Files fans, it would be completely boring. And I think you have to be a pretty diehard X-Files fan and somebody who has seen every episode multiple times to really get in and geek out uh, with a podcast like this because... I remember, I think the episodes are like an hour long or something of them just like kind of talking about stuff that happens in the episode. Well, maybe you could do like a sort of a read along, except for it's a watch along where you watch the episode, then you play the podcast right after you watch that particular episode. Yeah, I mean, they, they encourage people, I think, to to watch the episode they're talking about before listening. Um, it is interesting for them to, to hear them going through the, the episodes and, you know, they bring up some interesting things that... Uh, I don't know. They're kind of nostalgic, I guess. If you're thinking back and you haven't just watched the episode, you're oh yeah, I remember that from that episode. But so if they stick to it, that's going to be like 264 or some hours of podcast. I don't think they really know what they're doing yet. They talked about um, going through season, like finishing season five, not not going into season six, but. Who knows how far they'll get or if they continue. But it's called The X-Files Files for anybody who wants to check it out. I will have to. Yeah! I've never actually seen The X-Files. <laughs> Are but that, you that was serious? a joke, right? No, I'm, I'm a dick. I've, I have never... I've seen like an episode of The X-Files one time. Dude, you would, you would love The X-Files. I'm sure I probably would. It's just one of those random things. Like, And, and everybody's going to murder me over this 
but I've never seen this as Spinal Tap either. Uh, well, oh, I think Murdy, I, I'd murder you more for not seeing the X Files. Yeah, but, I think uh, I, okay. you've told me about the Spinal Tap uh, business. It's not that I don't want to watch it. It's just that by some strange way of the universe, I just never have. I will make a point to watch it soon, and I will start watching the X Files because isn't it all on Netflix? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Don't make us like Clockwork Orange you and have you in a chair with your eyeballs open for 264 hours. Well, well, honestly, I mean, there are so many shows that people are like, you would absolutely love this and you have to watch it. And and a lot of the times I'm just like, God, I'm watching like 30 shows right now and I don't want to take on another thing. But it's like, honestly, people just kept saying like, watch Game of Thrones, watch Game of Thrones. And I was just like, I just don't really care about medieval stuff anymore. Like, well, here's I love the thing. Lord I mean, of the Rings. But, but, but dude, I started watching it and I love Game of Thrones and season finale next week. I know. Ah! I'm so excited. Ah! Oh so, my God. as somebody who, you know, is involved in the, the paranormal field, um, you especially would get a kick out of the X-Files. I mean, it's good stuff. It, it's not just about UFOs. I mean, it's about all sorts of cryptozoological creatures and paranormal stuff. It's all over the place. It's and part they, of our 90s history. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty awesome show, and it, it stands up today. So. But I have to ask you this, too. Um, being big X-Files fans, did you guys like the movie? Well, like, number one. Number, number two, two is, is a disaster. complete garbage, and everybody really? agrees with that. But uh, number three is rumored to be coming. We'll see been rumored for a while but it yep. took indiana jones nine years for the crystal skull so i'm just waiting for the crap that is x-files 3 you should have waited 10 yeah. years i know yeah. um oh speaking of game of thrones caleb i just have to ask you did you see that puff daddy did a game of thrones music video no that's really sad <laughs> just saw this it is terrible so um the lyrics have nothing to do with the show at all it's called like i want love now or something and um, it's just basically him in the snow and he's sitting on the game, of, like the throne half the time. And there's <laughs> there's not even wolves. They're actually huskies. Oh, my God. With some they're just St. Bern- Bernard's with beer barrels. <laughs> 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 and, you know, lots of snowmobiles. And um, that actually sounds pretty good. It was it was terrible. It yeah, was so bad. That sounds terribly awesome. Yeah. So um <laughs> recommend. Since when did when did he go back to Puff Daddy? I'm like not in the P Pizzazzle oh, he's not anymore. Daddy anymore. It said Puff Daddy on Weird. the music video. Was it so fake? I, no, it was hmm. real. This has been floating around the internet, but I thought it was just kind of an interesting little tidbit. Uh, Theon Greyjoy is Lily Allen's little brother. Yeah, that's been known for years. That's pretty crazy. I didn't know that. I guess I'm just new on the bandwagon of of the Game of Thrones stuff. Well, here's a little funnier tip. Did you know that um, Lily Allen was asked to play his sister in the show and she refused because she would have had to get uh, very sexually groped by her brother? Yeah, I can understand why she wouldn't have wanted to do that. Yeah. That's freaky. Oh, come on. That's the whole spirit of Game of Thrones. Incest. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Are you guys excited about the uh, new Jurassic Park at all? Extremely. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do to redeem gymnastics. Yeah, no, it's mess. it's it's a little <laughs> little scary. Not to the extent uh, that Star Wars is. You know, I'm I'm beyond excited and terrified for Star Wars Seven, but. Uh, yeah, I am. I am really excited for for Jurassic Park to see what they do. 
and there have been some interesting photos coming out from Jurassic Park as well. The way I see it is it can't be any worse than the talking raptor in Jurassic Park 3 going, Alan! You remember that? I don't remember that. Look it up on YouTube. Talking Raptor. It's a dream sequence where Alan Grant's in a plane. The plane. He wakes up in the plane. Oh. Is going down and the raptor like, Alan! Yeah, okay. I, I, now That's I remember That's the best that. part of that movie. Dude, I laughed so hard. My my answering machine just used to be the audio from that scene. <laughs> nice. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 bummed that uh, we won't have uh, Jeff Goldblum in this this Jurassic uh, Park. Oh, no Goldblum? No, I'm not seeing it. Jeff Goldblum. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, I, so um, I've kind of got. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but I am completely caught up on the movies that I wanted to see this early summer season, and um, and those three were basically Spider Man, X Men: Days of Future Past, and Godzilla. Did you guys see any of those no, films? No, not yet. No, no. Well, I will not say anything about what happens in the films, but what I will say is that um, Spider-Man 2 blew me away. It was awesome. It was very action-packed. I almost fell asleep in X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, well, that's not good. Were, were you, like, super drunk or something, or was it the movie itself? It was the movie itself. Okay. I don't go to movies drunk. I just it's not even enjoyable. Okay. That way. Um and Godzilla was good. Um but I don't know. It wasn't as it wasn't as gnarly as I thought it was going to be. So overall my top pick of the spring or, or early summer movie season Spider-Man 2 hands down. All right, cool. Well, we really wanted to have our friend Ryan Sprague on the show, but he's a he's a busy little boy and uh I really want to talk talk with him, uh, perhaps privately, about his work with uh, Bates Motel. Yes, now I, he works for Master Bates. Yes, so I I finished all the uh, all the episodes that are available on Netflix. So I haven't seen that show. Is it cool? I dig it. Like it took a little while to wrap my head around the fact that it is like Norman when he's younger, mm-hmm. yet it's set in modern times. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a mind fuck there. Oh, I didn't know it was set in modern times. Yeah. So so once once you get used to that, it's actually a really good show. Well, what about Hannibal? Have you seen that show? I have not, and that's funny. I, I really should watch that because I'm a huge fan of Sons of the Lambs. I love you that know, whole story. So you know, my favorite character in the um, in the Silence of the Lambs universe is. Um, can you guess? Jamie Gum? No. Who? Mason Verger, that guy with his face cut off, and he's sitting there like, Cordell, would you bring me one brandy? <laughs> like, dude, I went and saw that in theaters when I was a kid, and like the first opening scene of that movie is this them slowly zooming in on Mason's horrifyingly disfigured face, and he's like, It was me and Clarice Starling back in 1966. It was an interesting time. And I'm just crying. I'm laughing so hard. And the whole rest of the movie theater is completely silent, and I just cannot stop laughing, dude. Oh, it was I should have been able to pick that out for you, Caleb. Yes, I can totally see that as being your favorite character. Well, here's a tidbit. Back when I was a, an even younger stranger and more demented young fellow, I made this Flash cartoon called Mason's Totally Awesome Day in a Third. <laughs> and 
and uh, I might be able to um, put this on YouTube and <laughs> and, put it, and put it on Rogue Planet because it's 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 really demented and it's like it's Mason and he's sitting <laughs> he's sitting uh, um like up above the 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 mutant hog den and he's like Cordell why don't you give me a little push because he wants him to like kill him for some reason and um and then he's like he does a musical number but anyway so. I'll see if I can put that on the Rogue Planet website because it's, it's terrifying. I would very much like to see that. Yes. So that'll be some more Rogue Planet exclusive content. <laughs> Great. For better or worse. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we've had enough fun for today, so we'll wrap it up and uh, let these fine people get on their way. Thank you all for listening to our demented show here. And uh, we will be back again very soon with another episode of Fine Geekery. On behalf of Rogue Planet, I am Jason McClellan, and uh, you guys can I'm, say who and you I'm are. I'm Maureen Ellsbury. <laughs> and I'm Mason Parker. Cheerio. <laughs> uh, Where's my goddamn brandy, Cordell? Push yourself into the hogs. <laughs> <laughs>